0: Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts: the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Wednesday, March 23rd. This week's theme: Finding Hope in the midst of broken relationships. Today's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 1 verses 28 through 32 from The Message translation, which reads: Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. And then all hell broke loose, rampant evil, grabbing and grasping, vicious backstabbing. They made life hell on earth with their envy, wanton killing, bickering and cheating. Look at them, mean-spirited, venomous, fork-tongued God-bashers. Bullies, swaggerers, insufferable windbags. They keep inventing new ways of wrecking lives. They ditch their parents when they get in the way. Stupid, slimy, cruel, cold-blooded. And it's not as if they don't know better. They know perfectly well that they're spitting in God's face. And they don't care. Worse, they hand out prizes to those who do the worst things best. Relational miasma. I think that's how I put it yesterday. Something about surviving our relational miasma. All right, that may or may not be a word that's new to you, but the reality is. But the reality it names isn't. Just think of something that stinks. I mean, stinks. As in, it's so putrid your eyes are watering and your throat is gagging like a a backed-up sewer or those leftovers at the back of the fridge that have been left over far too long. A miasma is a highly unpleasant smell or vapor, an oppressive or unpleasant atmosphere which surrounds or emanates from something. Lexical asterisk, miasma is derived from the Greek word meaning to pollute. Relational pollution, relational toxicity... In other words, what for all of its other benefits, we all too often find in social media and in Paul's description of first century Greco-Roman culture. Another M word also comes to mind, morass, which is an area of muddy or boggy ground that is swampy and marshy. Think Tolkien's dead marshes. You knew I was going to go to Lord of the Rings, yes? Big shocker. The dead marshes, the reeking wetlands that lay northeast of the Dagorlad, and southeast of Emin Muil, an endless network of pools and soft mires filled with watercourses, and in the dark waters could be seen the dead from battles of long ago. They they lie in all the pools, pale faces, deep, deep under the dark water. I saw them, grim faces and evil and noble faces and sad, many faces proud and fair, and weeds in their silver hair. But all foul, all rotting, all dead, a fell light is in them. Yes, I'm geeking out on Tolkien again and Lord of the Rings, though technically it's the two towers from the Passage of the Marshes. Not exactly the Romans wrote this passage in Romans 1, which reads like its own, Passage of the Marshes. But all too often, it is the miasmic morass of a road in which we continue to be mired. Like much of the history of Jacob's family, if we were to revisit the Genesis Chronicles of family and relational dysfunction, from Jacob swindling his elder brother Esau of his birthright to posing as that same elder brother to fool his nearly blind father and Nick, that's UK lingo for steel, his brother's blessing, to the duplicitous relationship with his uncle Laban that was far more conniving than convivial to the heated wrestling match between Jacob's two sister brides to outdo one another in their breeding, their self-declared breeding competition, to the intense jealousy of ten brothers against the favored youngest that saw them plotting his murder and throwing him into a pit but deciding that trafficking him as a slave was the better option because at least they could make a profit. Dead marshes indeed. And yet these very marshes, Well, these are the ones through which the God of Israel moved to bring redemption to us all. A virus fought inside us, writes poet Amanda Gorman, while violence is fought amongst us. In both, our triumph is not in conquering others, but in conquering the most destructive agents and instincts that we carry within our mortal forms. Which is why I'm not rereading Romans one twenty eight 28 28-32 again. Enough of the miasmic marshes of our relational mess. No, let's close out, not with a foul, but with a whiff of something much fairer. From Psalm 133. How wonderful. How beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. It's like... Costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon, flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing, ordains eternal life. How can we see our miasmic relational dead marshes transformed into a place of life-giving springs? How do we move from the morass of Romans 1 to the garden spot of Psalm 133? And what's your peace in this process? Lord, Drain the swamps of our relational dysfunctions, the stagnant backwaters of relationships long surrender to deterioration and decline. Caress these waters, breath of God, and from them let there emerge new continents containing the solid ground of a more realized and revitalized faith, hope, and love. Bring your resurrection starting with this marshy, all-too-often stagnant heart, through your Spirit, in, upon, and through us. Oh, may the God of vibrant green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. Amen.